Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 185, and today's topic is Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Season 2, Episode 4, titled Pay the Toll. The description reads, Canaan and Jukebox search for answers in family matters. When Rock's push into a new territory is stalled, she proposes a meeting. Crown helps famous get settled. Still investigating Howard's shooting, Burke questions unique. So y'all already know how we do. We about to get into it. We about to break it down, dissect it scene by scene like we do over here on this platform. After that, I will play the trailer for next week and then play a sleeper for you guys in, you know what I'm saying, my Joe Button style. Shout out to the pod father. Um, this episode was really, really good. Episode four is always kind of like the filler episode, but this was a very, very strong episode. It, you know, tied up a lot of ends and walking us into the rest of the season so it wasn't a whole lot of action but it was really really good so we about to get into it don't forget you guys can always follow my fire ass playlist exclusively on spotify i have every genre all you have to do is type in shanice loves and you can always hit me up on social media facebook alicia shanice instagram alicia shanice reviews if you need to email me alicia shanice reviews 13 at gmail.com you can inbox dm or email me if you have any special requests for any recaps you would like for me to do with that being a movie tv show documentary or music album or if you want to hit me up and have me shout out anything you're working on or your brand free of charge, I won't charge. I want to show love back for you showing love to me. You know, everybody wins when you support each other. So anything like that, hit me up. Or if you just want to say, hey, what's up? That's cool, too. So enough on that. Let's go ahead and talk Raising Canaan. And she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, we're about to get into it. So this episode opens up and we see our girl Rock. She got the couriers loading up the trucks, you know, moving out to uh, Newark, Jersey. Because they're about to, you know, expand their territory. So they loading up, they got the trucks on load, they out there. 
And we hear uh, 50 narrating everybody's schemes. Everybody got their own plan, their own agenda. You know what I'm saying? In the words of Prodigy, survival of the fittest, baby. So <clears throat> the trucks get rolled on as soon as they rolled up that way down in the work. Down by the, um, you know, the Italians. The driver dude, he gets that ass beat down. Nobody makes moves without getting the okay from Sal Baselli. And we get introduced to Sal Baselli in the middle of the episode. So we go directly to the next scene, to the art gallery. And we got our girl, Rock. She in there with Casanova, Shakespeare, um, Cartier. And he up there <laughs> giving her the story behind the story of the art and, you know, spitting his quotes. And she calls bullshit quickly. And, you know, she gets to ask him a few questions and figures out that he's washing money through the art gallery. She's a quick study. He's impressed as well. So after that, you know, I'm saying they kind of shake hands. So she's going to end up washing some of her money. I don't know if she's going to do it through the art gallery or what, but, you know, they look like they came to an understanding. And she like, come on, I know you. And, you know, you give her a little game on that. So. We go into the next scene and Kanan goes to the prison to visit Uncle Vernon. Now, I um, remember last week, my phone on the charger, hold on guys. Uh, remember last week I said he probably was going to go visit DEFCON. Now, I didn't know DEFCON was supposed to be dead at this time. I thought he was incarcerated. I could have swore they said he was incarcerated in season one. But he actually went to go visit DEFCON's brother. <laughs> and this this dude was straight funny as hell. He was comic relief. He like, who the fuck is you? <laughs> he like, I'm Kanan Kane and Stark, Defcon's son. So he like, okay, why the fuck you here? I can't do nothing for you. <laughs> so Kane like, I just want to you know talk about about Defcon. He like talk, nigga. So you know they talk, and this nigga gives him. A self-motivation hustling speech. He like, nigga, when DEFCON was your age, he ran the streets. The streets is yours. It's time to get it. And don't forget about your uncle. Uncle Vernon Commissary, nigga, the smokes and went up. <laughs> so you can tell when Vernon was out in the street, he wasn't shit. So it cuts to the next scene, right? And Lou goes to the studio and he sees Crown. He done sold the soundboard system, you know, due to he still is having finance problem, which is hard to believe because Lou paid most of his debt in season one. So Crown just got a drug problem and bad with money at this point. So he gets that ass hemmed up because Lou is frustrated. Lou is frustrated. Now on the ride back home, we see Uncle Marvin drove Kanan up there. Now he tells you know him the history of good old Uncle Vernon when he was out and how he used to stick old women up and everything else and he like, you know, what you want to go see him for anyway? Your family is here. We the one who got your back. We might not be perfect, but we the ones you can count on, you know, and that's all that matters. So, you know, Marvin kind of give him his little speech. So he got speech from both uncles. Even Vernon, like, uh, you got Defcon eyes. I can see it all in you. And that ain't even Defcon's son. <laughs> 
So um, we get to the next scene and Juke gets the courage to visit her mother. Now, when she was walking up those steps, I thought she was going to run off. And I'm like, oh, please don't let her run off. Let's at least get the introduction, get it, you know, get the ball rolling so we can see how they interact with each other, hear what the story was of, you know, why her mother left her and, you know, how she's going to be. And so as soon as she um, tells her her name over the intercom, Kenya buzzes her straight in and when she opens the door her eyes get big and she like this is a surprise a wonderful surprise so you can tell that Kenya has been through a lot and something happened that made her change her life and you know get all in the church and everything so and they sit and have small talk at first she like how is Marvin Juke like Marvin is Marvin <laughs> I guess that answer her question and Juke asked her straight up why did you leave me? And she like, dang, you straightforward, huh? So she basically gives her the same answer Rock did, you know, like she was young. She, you know, was with a man that she wasn't sure of. She thought she was just going to go to LA, get rich, come back and get her. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. She got in with some bad people. A lot happened when she came back. She thought it was too late. Juke was like, no, it wasn't too late. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been bad if you would have came. So, you know, they have a moment and she asked her for a chance in her life. She like, God has graced and gave me a been graceful to me, gave me a second chance. And I'm not asking for, you know, forgiveness. I'm asking for a chance. So we get a nice, you know, mother and daughter moment. And you can tell Juke really needed that. And she was really welcoming. So after that, we go to the Baisley Projects in the next scene. And the odor in there is crazy. It It's a strong odor. They spray air freshener and, you know, Marvin talking shit. Now, we all know where that smell is coming from. It's coming from season one when Marvin stuffed the... um the inspection rapist dude in the walls. So, you know, that odor was going to come back regardless. It's a dead man in the wall. So they send Kanan to the back so they can discuss the mathematics. Kanan badass go back there. He trying to, he's smelling that smell. So he opened up the closet and steal from rock again. But instead of stealing the product, he steals some money from out the Nike shoebox. It's going to be some blowback and some bloodshed from this. Kanan just, <laughs> he always doing something. He always doing something. But I don't know if he's figuring, you know, it's so much money they ain't going to realize it because he don't know the game like that. Or, you know, he just being a he just being a teenager. So in the living room, Rock, Marvin, and Lou, they talk about the business and the static from the Italians. And, you know, <laughs> Rock like, look, we problem solvers in this business. We not rollovers. So ain't nobody going to tell me where I can do business at. Set the fucking meeting up. Now, Lou and Marvin trying to warn her, like, we don't know if we want to go to war with the Italians, but you know, Rock. Rock ain't backing down. So we go into the next scene. And Unique go into the bodega, fucking with Juliana, who is scared straight. He antagonizes her a bit, tell her, you know, one personal, it was only business, you know, being unique and, you know, leaving her shaking. She is, she is shook. And, you know, the dude who's supposed to be watching her, he ain't watching nothing. So 
he walks right out to Warrell, who we see is now playing both sides, which is really expected because he's been down with Unique all these years. So it's not too shocking. I knew it was a bad mistake to kill Scrap, especially over, you know, Warrell and bringing him in. And I don't think Scrap was snitching. I think it was his mom. So that's going to come back to bite Rock in the tail for, you know, picking Warrell over her day one. So we see Warrell is definitely playing both sides. Now, Lou, he asked Rock to float him something because, you know, money running funny in the studio. She antagonizes him a bit. She like, how many times I have to tell you? Your money is my money. That's like you borrow money from me to pay me back. <laughs> she like, even a hoe can make money on her knees. He's like, I ain't no hoe, Rock. <laughs> She like, I tell you what, I got you. But here on out, your first name is on point and your last name is on time. Family business. <laughs> <coughs> now, after um, Rock is done antagonizing Lou, Kanan asks her, you know, when they walk into the car, he like, Mom, why you had me shoot that cop? She like, he was after me. You know what I'm saying? He said he was going to get, um, you know, lock me up for buck 20. He like, but mom, that don't even sound right. He ain't had no proof of buck 20. And then Wiz, uh, Rock cuts him off with the quickness. Master manipulator. She like, he a cop, can If he said we did it, we did it. And when she said that, baby... That reminded me, it sounded just like Kanan in the original Power. When he told Tariq when Ghost was locked up, he like, whatever they say Ghost did, he did that shit. <laughs> he guilty as fuck. <laughs> so we see Kanan got a lot of his manipulative ways and cold ways from Mama Rock. And she is good. She even brought up the infamous Central Park Five, which happened in 1989. And this show is taking place in the early 90s. And most people in New York knew those boys were innocent. And you know what I'm saying? Mama Rock is just a master manipulator. Hell, she even had me believing uh, Howard was just after her like that, even though I'm watching a damn show and know what's going on. But I love her, though. Patina Miller is doing a hell of a job playing this character so um after that juke goes to her house to get some um some church clothes because she wants to go um she's gonna go to church with her mother now we see you know when she walks in she is just caught off guard and surprised because Marvin has decorated her room. He has it all pretty. He has her a new stereo system. And when he walks in and sees her in there, his eyes light up. He's happy to see her. He's like, you see, I decorated your room. I thought this color, you know what I'm saying? Just fitted you perfect. He's just so happy to see her. He feels bad about what happened. And she still ain't messing with messing with him. And she, you, but you can tell she was touched by looking at her room and she wanted to say something, but she didn't. She still hurt from the, you know, how everything went down with their big fight that they had and with him destroying the, t the tape she had in the cold. But, you know, Sam Marvin is hurt. He wants his daughter back. So after that, we get the big meeting. And we get Mr. Sal Baselli come strolling in there. He got his crew with him. And on, on Rock's side, all we got is Rock, Marvin, and Lou. 
he he hops out all cocky john gotti style he likes so you're the little broad creating all these big problems <laughs> he gets to throwing his you know strong arm threats a little bit and lou goes to apologize he like it's been a misunderstanding understanding mr baselli my girl rock she cuts that off quick she like we ain't sorry for shit <laughs> Mr. Baselli goes on to say, look, I'm everywhere. That's the beauty of me. Because she like, you don't own this block. So he gives her the paper, you know, the cost of doing business. You have to pay the toll if you want to do some work in Newark. Rock don't even look at that damn paper. She He hands it to her. She like considered and rejected. She crumbles that paper up, walks off cold as ice. Hell, Mr. Baselli was impressed. He like, I kind of like her. <laughs> and then Rock puts Lou in his place real quick. She like, don't you ever speak for me again. She like, look, Marvin, Lou shook. What about you? Marvin like, I ain't scared of shit. <laughs> so um, she tells them like, look, don't nobody tell her what to do. She ain't going to stop doing her business. The only thing they going to do is switch it up. No more trucks. They're going to use the short buses for the drops. And she tell Lou, if he he, he going to be down with them, he got to be on the team. If he want to be, you know what I'm saying, his independent player, go play tennis. So <laughs> after she, you know, skirts off or fly, you know, Lou kind of look at Marvin like, you know you understand where I'm coming from. You, your ass just scared of her. So after that, we see Kanan and stole all that money from Mama just to, for Famous to throw a party at his new crib. And Famous, you know what I'm saying, he get his drunk self on the table. He announcing Kanan and paid for everything. So that's going to come back that Kanan's got the money. But, you know what I'm saying, to be fair, they just being teenagers. So, of course, Famous going to act goofy the way he act. And, you know what I'm saying, Kanan is a teenager. That's why he do the dumb stuff he do. So they, they being teenage boys. So while they there partying, it's a knock at the door. It's the girl, Corinne, and her mama, Palima. And I don't know what kind of mom Miss Palima is, but if unfit was a name, it would be hers, okay? Um, I don't know what kind of mom Miss Palima is, leaving her child there. She don't know these boys. She see they in there getting intoxicated and everything else going on. And not only that, she looking like she wants to join the party. And not only that, but invite Kanan over for a private party with her. So I'm sure it's going to be some type of thing where it comes back to her. They didn't show that scene for any, for nothing. It's going to be some type of story with Miss Palima, but Miss Palima was looking like she wanted to invite Kanan for her own private party, even though she seen the daughter was looking at him, okay? So I don't know what kind of mama that was, but hell, okay, we just going to call her Unfit Palima. So we get into the next scene, and we see Howard. He has his favorite working girl back in his bed, but he's having a hard time, you know, performing and getting it up. And we see um, that they've been having their little thing going for seven years so she's been on call for him for seven years so when he can't perform they go into therapy session and you know he tells her that he just found out he had a son she gives him some insight on parenting and he takes her intel in just like he did the previous episode when she you know went off storming and talking about what she would die for her son he took that back and used it like it was his words with Kanan when he said I took a bullet for you because you my son so you know, saying he takes some more insight from her and gonna give it to Kanan again. So Juke in the next scene tells Mama Rock 
with Auntie Rock about seeing her mom. Rock wasn't feeling that shit, not even a little bit. That's why I'm wondering, is it going to be a backstory there with, you know, saying something else with Miss Kenya? Um, Rock, like, who reached out to who? You reached out to her? She was like, yeah, I reached out to her. She been back for some time and she ain't reached out to you? So she like, just because you blood with somebody, that don't mean uh, they deserve to be in your life. Family is earned. And you can tell Juke was hurt by her reaction. It wasn't her normal enduring aunt love that she always give. Um, but Rock wasn't feeling that. Rock wasn't feeling that. So in the next scene, Warrell tells Marvin that they're short. He, he tells him like, look, I counted everything myself. Now Marvin goes off. <laughs> When he see Warrell is still doing things the way he did things in, in Unique's business. And you know how Marvin is. He all animated. He get up there like, what, what, is Unique here? I know he's a sneaky motherfucker. I know he's a magician, but what? Is he under the table? Is he in the closet? Where he at? <laughs> Marvin being Marvin. So he ends up putting him on the short buses for the drop to Jersey. And um, we'll get to that in a minute. So we go back to the party and Kanan is going fast speed with Lil' Corinne. He's smoking weed. They getting it on and everything. Juke shows up. Crown shows up. <sighs> Crown too damn old to be at this party. He walking in looking sneaky, looking at the young girl, smiling. He gives Juke a tape saying he got a new song for her. Juke ain't feeling Crown one bit, especially from the comments he made to her last episode. Crown too damn old to be at that damn party. You know, he walking in like him and Famous is the best of friends. And I was dying laughing when they played this part because we know that's Quincy um, Combs playing him, playing Crown. And we also know, you know, of course, Puffy raised him, but that's Al B. Short's son. And they had Night and Day playing in the background. I'm like, that's funny as all that what When he walked in, it was to his dad's son in the background. So I got a, I got a kick out of that. That was hilarious. So... We go into the next scene and we see Lou gets his new mixing board and um, some game also from Cartier. You know, Cartier lets him know, like, look, you talking about people stopping you, you know, the, the cost of, you know, I'm saying the speed of the boss is the speed of the team. If you want to be a boss, you got to set your own speed, bro. So I see a lot of um, things going on with um, Cartier and Lou in this music business they might take over and push crown out however crown might end up giving that half of that business to rock and if rock come in is she gonna suge night that 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 music studio and she gonna have cardia wrapped around her little finger so we'll see how that play out um but juliana when her and rock talk she tells him about unique keep coming in the store and she like i thought you were strong you know you're showing signs of weakness Rock throw them damn glasses on and walk out. She ain't paying Juliana not one bit of attention. She like it come with the game, Juliana. <laughs> so Juliana, like, I'm not playing your game. And I see something going down with Juliana in the near future. I don't know if she'll fold, but she might go back and take this information to her uh cousin because Joaquin, because he is the connect. Or I don't know if she might switch sides because she's so scared of unique and she might tell him something, but Something gonna happen with Juliana and Rock ain't gonna see it coming because she, you know, we go to the next scene and Juke tells Kanan about going to church with her mom and how they talked and 
it was a connection there. She like, it was something in her eyes, like something I've been missing, like I've known her my whole life. And we see, you know, Canaan kind of looks like, really? Because he's going through a lot, not knowing if Howard is his father. And then just seeing how close they are, it makes me sad on the, the demise of Jukebox with Canaan taking her out for Tariq. You know, it just makes no sense. So, of course, I want them to take their time with showing us of what happened, but I can't wait to see it, too. Like, what made these two get to where they got in the original power? What turned her so cold? We see why Kanan was cold, because of Rock. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But Juke, Juke was cold. Um, After that, we see our boy Symphony. Now, we ain't seen Symphony since probably episode one or two. And, you know, Rock takes him into the new house and, you know, she's showing him around. She's like, yeah, we're going to be planting the trees over there. We're going to have family dinner over there. We're going to be, you know, doing a cooking in the back. <laughs> Symphony looking like, um, what you call me for, Rock? What, what you want? What you want from me? So she spits her little game like, well, you an urban, you know what I'm saying? You an urban contractor you know about this stuff and you know i like my stuff just like i like my men thick with <laughs> you know rock got that game so he ends up asking her like what was the real reason you had me take canaan out of state so she tells him a lie and a truth at the same time she like i was protecting my son so it goes to the next scene and unique makes a strategic call now i'm guessing he called dude from jail the um Italian dude who he saved him in jail from his manhood getting took. He's out of jail now. That was him who was standing in that little group by the, Mr. Baselli. I'm thinking Baselli is his dad or uncle. Now, I'm thinking that's who he was on the phone with. Unique is playing chess. He let he let it him know, like, look, they ain't on the trucks no more. They're gonna be on a short bus. So the dude driving. Don't touch him. That's my man's. So we know that would explain why we're real scary ass was not shook. When he did not get roughed up like the dude in the beginning scene in the driver's side. Remember, he got roughed up. How scary he is. He got out. He was all calm and collected. They didn't touch him. That's because Unique playing chess. And it was a setup. You know what I'm saying? He giving, he getting all that intel from Warrell, taking it back to the Italians. That's how they know so much. Now, when he get off the phone, Burke walks in because she is still doing her own digging and she wants to know who shot Howard. And she like, you know, word on the street is it was a setup. You ain't even do it. But I'm watching you. Unique plays a cool as expected. You know, he don't bend. He don't fold. He gets to antagonizing her a bit, you know, doing what Unique do. Shout out to Joey Badass who was playing that role. So, and playing chess. Playing chess. Okay, I knew Unique wasn't going to go down and I knew when he got out of jail, he was going to be a resilient motherfucker. So um, we go back to Symphony and Rock and they talk some more. And you know what I'm saying? She's still smiling and he he just come out and tell her, he like, look, Rock, I need you to stop calling me. Matter of fact, I need you to leave me alone. If you care about me, which I believe you do, leave me alone. <laughs> let me be. Let me move on. Rock like, you a grown man. I can't make you do nothing you don't want to do. He like, look, you once told me I was a vacation for you. I never wanted to be your vacation. I wanted to be your home. I felt that shit, Symphony. I, I, 
Listen, I, I felt every word you said to her, and she felt it too. We seen the way Rock was looking at him. She looked at him. <laughs> I felt that Symphony, because Symphony cared about her. And Symphony is a good guy. But anywho, we get to, you know, the last final scene, basically, where Kanan leaves out the house, lying his ass off, talking about he about to go hang out with Famous. And Rock follows him. Now, in the next scene, we get to the fake robbery. We talked about that a minute ago, where Warrell's scary ass, which was, this was all planned. The, the Italians, you know, they hit the back of the bus. They get him out the car. They take off. And we see Unique is playing chess. Rock is not going to see this coming. She's not going to see this coming because she don't see that connection with him and Italian. She don't know Unique was locked up with one of them. So she's not going to see it coming and she don't know Warrell is playing both sides. So I'm guessing Warrell probably not going to make it to season three if that's that's one prediction of mine. But who knows? He might he might pull a Dre. Remember in the original Power, Dre was supposed to have been dead. He, he made it to the last, you know, the last episode, still Dre, when they got to doing the, the Who Killed Ghost series. But Dre should have been dead. So he could, you know, make it like Dre. But Warrell, he going to be dead. <laughs> he going to be dead. That's my prediction. Because he playing both sides. And unique. Yay. So Marvin get the call and he was pissed when he found out they hit the short bus too. So Kanan goes to see Howard, who is shocked when he opens the door, but happy he's there. And he like, you know, come on in. And then when Kanan walk in, who do we see creeping in that range? Rock creeping, looking pissed off, shook, confused. <laughs> And all we hear is 50 in the background narrating who going to win this fight, the past, the present, or the future. Why the fuck you asking me? <laughs> I love how 50 always narrate the beginning and the end. Shout out to 50 Cent. Shout out to Courtney Kemp. Shout out to the whole cast and crew of the Power Universe. Shout out to Patina Miller and Joey Badass who was killing their scenes. And you guys know out of the Power spinoffs, um, of course, the original power will always be the best because it's the original. But out of the spinoffs, oh my god, Raising Canaan, that's the, the the best one to me. It goes in my ranking for spinoffs: Raising Canaan, BMF, then Force, and then uh, Power Book Two, Tariq. So you know, so that's just my rating. But this was a really good episode. Episode four in the Power Universe is always like a filler episode, but this was a very strong ep filler episode. It just connects, you know, everything we needed it to connect with, you know, explaining everything from the first few episodes, catching us up on everything that we have been asking and wondering, but then also walking us into the remaining of the season. So I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer and then I have a um, sleeper for you guys. And, um, that's it yeah but this was a really good episode i cannot wait until next week and i'm about to play that trailer for next week right now you get to an age where you can only start making some real life okay hannah how many times i gotta tell you white girls will get you killed just because you make gangster music doesn't make you a gangster don't you ever pull that unless you plan on using it who said i go use it have a good up. you won't talk to me no more that must be hard for you all right it looks like uh the next episode that's going to be episode five titled what happens in the cat skills 
Now, this looks like it's going to be action-packed. Um, we see um, Kanan looking like he getting introduced to a, a, a new girl. And then uh, Rock warning him about messing with white girls. And then it shows them, you know, digging a hole up. So they must have had to kill somebody together. <laughs> they had to catch a body together. And then they show Crown getting roughed up again by Lou, but look like he tired of getting his ass beat, so he pulled a gun out on Lou and we know that's not going to end well Lou probably going to snatch that gun from Crown and then it also shows Marvin trying to talk to Juke, but she won't talk to him and him confiding in his therapist about that so next week looks like it looks like it's going to be very, very strong action pack. Um, episode five normally always is episode seven or eight is always the strongest, really episode eight that's always the strongest episode um <clears throat> That just leaves you off the edge of your seat in the power universe. But I have a sleeper for you guys in my show. But in style, shout out to the pod father. Um, I'm going to keep it how we've been doing it. Um, showing love to Joey Badass' new album because it's just fire. You know what I'm saying? Joey Badass is the guy who plays Unique. He just released the album. Make sure you guys stream that. It's called 2000. It puts you back in the 90s vibe, but you know, it, it's upbeat to, in today's time. And it just gives you that old school hip-hop golden era sound. He uses a lot of samples. It, this, this to me, is one of the best out hip-hop albums I've heard this year. And um, I want to play a song off of there um, let me get the album pulled up i thought it was going crazy you know and like i realized that it's the system that was built against me, you know? And, like, I'm not supposed to be talking about this. And that's the corruption of it because, like, me just saying it is absurd. And I want people to open up their eyes and realize that I'm not wrong, you know? I, I'm, I'm just an open-minded individual and people should be more open-minded. If, if we try to build up our, our lives to hide it for material things and those don't satisfy our needs, what are we looking for? Fake fans who claiming that they stand, but they 
rain on my mittens Until the very end when she was still here I swear it feels weird how people could accuse me for his death Sometimes I gotta shed a real tear You see the truth about Steno, he like the mental health But try to tell that to people way back in 2012 but now that it's a mainstream topic, I'm guessing I can finally open up and talk about it. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Come into my mind, I'll show you where the darkest cloud is. You ready? I doubt it, but let's go. You see, Steelo was my bigger bro. At a point in time, spiritually, we was in the same boat. But I wanted to take it slow. He wanted to take it as fast and deep as he could go. Pause. Yeah, we had some problems, but we're brothers, though. Sure. Then I caught a little wave and headed back to shore. And that's when he started drowning. And he had no one around us, so partially I feel it's my fault. And that right there is my internal harm. The reason why I gotta feel these external flaws. The reason why I can't heal these eternal loss. The reason why I gotta feel this survivor some more. And here's a message to this fam I know y'all got emotional trauma that I understand But I couldn't fuck with Y'all try to tell the world I wasn't who I am And all I ever tried to do was lend a hand And give the fans the thing that they demand the most King Capital to fucking go I'm just trying to get my nigga hurt Get him what he deserved This one is for you This one is for you Joey Badass, Survivor's Guilt off of that album 2000. I hope you guys enjoyed this recap. Um, thank you for your support. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Um, try to protect that energy at all costs. Try to keep your spirits lifted. I know it gets rough for all of us at times. Just try to keep your head up and keep pushing. Thank you for your support. Shout out to my dope podcast family. I love you and I'll be back on for my uh, episode five recap next week. And I know I um I need to do a bonus episode. It's going to be a, probably a late night one. It's going to be an old school mix. Talk about some old school R&B, something I have planned for you guys. So I'll get that out soon as well. And it's your girl Shanice and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.